As we know, if you're the offspring of a character played by Harrison Ford, (laughs) you're screwed. (laughs) You are so screwed. You're so screwed, man. So now we're going to get into our buddy, Lor Santeca, a little bit. Um, He tells Poe that without the Jedi, there can be no balance in the Force. Uh, And then later, Maz tells Rey and Finn that she's seen multiple forms of evil, the Sith, the Empire, the First Order. Um, And that, by definition, creates a distinction between good and evil. So my question for you guys is, what are the storytellers from George Lucas to Gareth Edwards, to J.J. Abrams, what are they telling us is good, and what are they telling us is evil? And I'll start with Shannon. Yeah, so I think basically what they're saying is evil, I think, is like oppression and like a thirst for power. But what this misses, what I what I always thought was kind of missing from Star Wars with just like this, oh, big bad, you know, emperor, that kind of stuff, um, you're missing like, the little evils and like the complexities that life brings in but i think where we're going now is we're starting to see that it's not quite that black and white like there's not there's more complexities to like the dark side and the light side but i do think originally originally and at the beginning of this movie what they're saying is you know they just want control they want you know to be the ones in power and that's what's evil like you want to root for the little guys What do you think is good? Um, I think... See, that's that's where it's, like, a little bit weird because they're, the good guys are always, like, the, the ragtag the rebels, you know, the ones that are trying to, like, fight back. But we never see them when they're not the little guy. We, we never see them when they are, like, this absolute good. Because even in, like, the prequels, you have the Republic, but there's something not quite right with it. There's something not quite right with the Jedi Order. So it's always, like, these little guys that are, like, trying to fight back. So hmm. I, I'm thinking that maybe that's what they've been showing. But again, like, I think we're starting to move away from that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What do you see, Daryl? Um... I talked about it a little bit before, but I just, I love the idea that the representation of evil in The Force Awakens is sort of just wildly unfocused. Like, <laughs> it just, it's a remnant of the Empire, and the Empire seemed very focused. And at some times, I think maybe the Empire thought they were doing the right thing. Like, yeah. they were actually yeah. trying to bring order to the galaxy. And ironically, being named the first order i don't think they care about that at all i think it's just trying to push on this legacy of what the empire was doing but not really having that kind of focused direction anymore Mm. and so on the surface it does seem to just be about power and control and intimidation and um but i think it actually especially with kylo when you really get down to it it looks a lot more like what we've talked about on the Story Geeks as being our definition of villainy, which is selfishness and oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so being self-focused. Because mm-hmm. that seems to me to be the difference in this movie between the First Order and the Resistance. The First Order is all self-focused. It's like we're going to get what we want and we'll kill whoever we need to kill in order to get that. Whereas the Resistance is like, we need to keep fighting so we can be the spark of hope for everybody else out there who needs to fight, you know? Yeah. So. It's true. 
Yeah, I think mm-hmm. this just fits really beautifully into the story geek's definition of good and evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I have two lists here that I made of what I think the storytellers are telling us is good and what they're telling us is evil. So I'll just go through them really, really quick. Um, and you guys can respond to them um, at any point. Uh, one, befriending others is good. So I'm just going to go through my good list. Befriending, befriending others... Um, connecting to everything around us, so whether it's people or nature or the force, which I would consider their spirituality, basically. Um, Standing up for those who can't stand up for themselves, rescuing people from danger, which is very similar. Giving up a focus on ourselves and instead focusing on helping other people, which Mm -hmm. is kind of what you're referring to, Daryl, as being like um, selflessness. And then also, you know, like leaning into the light side, which is all about selflessness, meditation, centeredness, and then one of the biggest, boldest themes I think that exists in Star Wars is the concept of hope and hope in a better, a better yeah. tomorrow, if you will. Yeah. So. And I um, think the context in which that hope often tends to arise is community. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We see that a lot in community. We see a lot in like hoping for relationships to be improved so that we can do things better mm-hmm. as opposed for like, like if you were to kind of talk about what the first order or the empire is doing they almost seem like their hope is placed in like total domination of other people right yeah. like, um so my evil side uh the evil the things i think that they're telling us is evil is oppression or oppressing other people like shannon said um controlling other people pursuit of power and or self-interest which is kind of leaning into what you're talking about and then and then of course leaning into the dark side which means using using spirituality to make one's own life better at the expense of other people, mm. which I think is a really fascinating concept, but that is the dark side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then finally, as like the antithesis of what is good, which is hope is fear and even despair. Um, which I think is the kind of like what they're leaning into as being evil. Mm-hmm. So any responses to the list? I, I completely agree with you with all of those things, um, especially just like the hope and the selfishness. Um, I would say that I think for the longest time, it's been very cut and dry with Star Wars. Like it's been a very defined line um, between the light and the dark. I think we got like a little bit of a taste of the complexity with um, Anakin's fall, which is why I rank um, Revenge of the Sith so high. And I, I think now, especially after The Last Jedi, we're starting to see those lines blur a little bit and we're starting to see that like there is no like 100% good side bad side like what we need is a balance and we're gonna f- try and find this like gray area I think that's where we're going mm. yeah I think I think that's probably that's probably true we, we've I mean, every single podcast we've talked about balance has been like, <laughs> it's been sort of a frustrating experience for, for like, for me as a storyteller, who's like trying to figure out exactly what they're saying, because sometimes it seems like they're saying one thing and then sometimes it seems like they're saying another thing. And obviously like, yeah, you can't have balance without the Jedi if there's only Sith, but if there was only Sith, Jedi would Laura Santeca be like we can't have balance without the Sith like hey, <laughs> well because you know. <laughs> like we see that in the prequels like they're this like the Sith rose because there were so many Jedi they were only using the light side they thought that they were being oh so great and yet this darkness still rose and like I've always thought that you know Anakin did live up to that prophecy like he killed them all and so there was only like <laughs> two left on each side that mm-hmm. balanced it out you know <laughs> yeah that's true that's true 
Uh, it's very it's a very interesting discussion because it can just go on so many rabbit trails. Like, right, <laughs> right. It's insane. Um, oh, so I, I want to ask this question just coming off the backside of the question of what's good and evil. Um, in looking at the evil side, um, and I'll start with you, Daryl, on this one first. What drove Palpatine, Vader, and the Empire? And then what's driving Snoke, Kylo, Hux, and the First Order is it the same thing, or are they being driven by different things? Uh, I think on the surface it looks the same, but I don't think it is the same. I th- like I said before, I think the Empire, I think there was some bit of the Empire where people truly believed they were doing the right thing and trying to bring mm-hmm. some order to the galaxy. Um, even in Palpatine, like, I think you kind of see in the prequels, like, he's not just this evil dude that wants to make everybody's life hell. Like, I think he believes there's something right about what he's doing. Sure. Um, I don't get that from the first order at all. Mm. Um, Snoke feels like, um, okay, I'll go in a little bit to last Jedi spoilers here. Cause I don't know how to talk <laughs> about it without this, but in the last Jedi, it would appear that we find out that Snoke is really just nobody like, he's not connected to anybody else that we've seen before, which bummed me out a little bit because I wanted to know more about Snoke's motivation. He, he feels like he would be the one who's pulling the strings and we don't understand why. Sure. Cause if you look at the other characters, Kylo's all screwed up. He's just <laughs> trying to figure out who he is, you know? Um, and, and Hux, I get the vibe from Hux that he's Life's scared to death. Bag. Like he's just on this balance where he's trying to be something important, but he's scared to death because he knows it can be taken away from him at any second. And even in the scene um, where he's giving his big speech to all of the stormtroopers and to the first order where that that's supposed to feel like it's this big triumphant speech and general Hux is this imposing character. Even there, I think this dude is, peeing his pants right now as he's giving this speech (laughs) like he's scared to death you know he's sort of stuck in this machine yeah and he's just trying to stay keep his head above water throughout it all so yeah i just it it all feels so unfocused and i'm so curious to see how it's all going to end up in episode nine yeah what do you think shannon yeah, I, I kind of said the same thing, you know, like surface level, it, it does seem like everybody wants the same thing. Um, I would say except for Kylo, um, because in my mind, he's just trying to find his place in all of this. And it's been so perverted by what Snoke's been telling him that he thinks this is the way to go, which is very similar to Anakin's turn, but not quite. Because at the end, Anakin still wanted that power, um, that control over everything. But I, I do agree, like... With the Empire, there was a direction. Like, they were trying to fix this obviously broken Republic. And later on, you know, we see that, like, the New Republic still has those same problems. But the First Order, they say that they want to restore order. But a lot of what we see is just people not really knowing what they're doing and trying to live up to this old legacy. Um, I know in the books, there's a lot of leadership, actually, in the First Order that gets killed off, um, like Hux's father. And I'm wondering if they've lost their sense of direction and they truly don't know what they're doing, except they're in too deep and they've just got to keep going at it. Hmm. 
Yeah. I think I see it slightly differently than you guys see it. Um, because I feel like Palpatine and Snoke are driven purely out of a thirst for power. I, I don't know that I see Palpatine's desire to make a better universe. I just think that he wa- he wants to make his universe, <laughs> right? Like he 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 just yeah, says, which I think he believes will be better. Maybe maybe for him, but it's but it's there's it's just the sense that he like the dude even when he's the emperor just sits on a throne and is like ah, i'm gonna kill everyone else <laughs> you know? he's like, that's all he does he, like he's he's the very much like the big bad cliche you know yeah exactly exactly and i think snoke is that way as well and part of it is because um we don't get their backstories in fact i don't think i've ever seen a palpatine backstory i've seen other stories i've read some books that had palpatine in them which i think we've talked before is the biggest miss in the prequels yeah, yeah you don't because he was the one character that I would like to have more backstory yeah, on. Yeah, and we yeah. didn't get a lot of it. Yeah, and in, and you contrast that with what we see from Vader and Kylo, and I think Vader and Kylo, we understand how they get wrapped up in the fascist kind of dictatorships that they get wrapped up in. Mm-hmm. We understand it because we understand how disturbed they are, and that. A lot of that was because of stuff that was done to them. Now, obviously, in The Force Awakens, we don't see as much of what was done to Kylo. But we do get a better sense of that in The in the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we can start to imagine like, oh, yeah, I, I can see why Vader would say the world is disordered. We have sand people that can just kidnap people, enslave people. We have people that are running slaves like Watto. Like, this is messed up. I'm going to fix this. So I, I kind of get Anakin's perspective on it. And now I'm starting to understand Kylo's perspective on it, which is a little bit more confused perspective. And rightfully so, because of what we've seen in The Last Jedi. It would be very confusing. Um, so I kind of see them slightly different. Like their rationale and their reasoning is slightly different from Palpatine and Snoke. Um, I do feel like Hux is sort of this character. And they, and they kind of make fun of him about it. In fact, if, um, if if you're going to accuse uh, Ryan Johnson of being a bully towards Hux, I mean, you might you might be. You I might think be you'd fair. be pretty right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but JJ too, I think. Yeah, no, yeah. JJ too. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan was it's more true. obvious about it. I mean, yeah. he, he like slaps him, you know, a yeah. whole bunch in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's very true. But yeah, I think his whole thing is like he doesn't want to be perceived as being a peon, like. Mm-hmm he wants his life to mean something and he wants to be perceived by other people to be elite. And that was mm-hmm. what makes him so easy to bully. Cause it's like, dude, you're not elite. Come on. Like, let's just bully this guy. Yeah. I think it might be even deeper than that. I don't even think at the core, he really wants that. I think he just wants to be able to live a life free of fear. Mm-hmm. And he feels like he has to maintain this imposing cause he's in the engine of the, of the first order. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah that- I, I, I do think that what you said about perception, though, I, I think what we're getting, especially in The Force Awakens, is that we perceive all of their intentions as evil. We're seeing things like the way that they want to be seen. And then when you look closer, you see like Hux is, you know, like he he's so afraid. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know. Like, I keep thinking like if he could just grow a spine, like this is his army, like he could take control back, but he's too afraid to. And like. 
Kylo is so caught up in not knowing who he is, where he's going, and the First Order is just trying to live up to this legacy that I think they don't have a direction, and they're just all about perceive, like making people think that they do. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's so funny because you, you, as you were talking, you made me think of um, the scene from A New Hope where I, I can't remember the guy's name. I, I wish I could actually, but he's one of the generals sitting around the table. And he starts going right after Darth Vader about his all like, <laughs> your adherence to that old religion. Is so, you know, it's like, whoa, this dude is bold. And Vader just starts choking the dude, right? Yeah, it's just like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. It's like the opposite of Hux. Like if that were Hux's dad, it'd be like, it makes so much sense. <laughs> ah, <that's true. laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> but um, anyways, I, I just popped into my head. But the one, the one last thing I'll say on this topic is that I think that Anakin and kylo and even hux they their fear is driving them to where they're at and we know that the dark side feeds on that fear right what's Mm -hmm. interesting is i don't think i've ever seen palpatine scared i don't think i've ever seen snoke scared and but they are preying upon the fears of everyone else so they're using fear to uh be able to bolster their dark side power Mm -hmm. but it's not their own fear it's everybody else's fear around them which is even scarier in a lot of regards. Yeah, like they're using fear as a tool, whereas like Hux and Anakin and Kylo are being controlled by their fear. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is amazing. Which is awesome. (laughs) So cool, so cool. (laughs) Super cool. All right, so now I have a three-part question for you guys. I'll start start with you, Shannon. Um, And this is the question that I said I would circle back to in in the question that you asked, Daryl. Yeah. So... Three-part question, so bear with me on this one. So first, Kylo Ren wants to finish what Darth Vader started. How would you define what Darth Vader started? Two, why is Kylo seduced by the light and what's happening there? And three, what do you think Vader, if it was truly Vader, quote-unquote, showing him something um, and not just a trick of Snoke's, what do you think Vader showed him to feed his desire for order? All right. So I think what he's wanting to like finish is we do see that Darth Vader, he takes down the Jedi um, because like they needed to end, they needed to go away um, in order to restore this order to the galaxy. I, I think that's kind of what's driving Kylo because he does want to kill Luke Skywalker that would end the Jedi. We do find out that he's got some other motivations behind that, but I think maybe that's what's driving him. Like they need to just snuff out like this facet of society that's not working. Um, And I think he's seduced by the light side because he's not a hundred percent dark. Like there's such an imbalance in him and he, can't figure out how to fix it like he he thinks that he needs to be 100 percent dark to make his pain go away he tries to kill his father that doesn't work and i i really think that we're like going in this direction where we're seeing that like you have to be balanced within yourself like you, you there's no way to be 100 percent dark or like 100 percent good and i think that's why he's saying like he's being seduced by the light like he 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 can't continue on this journey of living up to darth vader if like he's still having thoughts uh, or like doubts that this isn't the right way to go maybe. And I think I do want to say that I think that Snoke 
is deceiving Kylo and is like making him think that Vader is like showing him things. But I do think that what he's being showed is the disorder, the corruption of the old Republic of the Jedi to like reinforce this idea that order needs to be restored. Like things still aren't working. Like we are what's right. And I think that's what keeps him on their side maybe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Daryl? I think, um, I don't think he understands what Vader started, quote unquote. I think that's part of where this all falls apart and makes Kylo so conflicted and confused. Because I think, I don't think Vader understands what Vader started. (laughs) I think (laughs) Palpatine was the one that started it. And Vader, in a lot of ways, is just the grown up version of Kylo. Like he was also this, this young, messed up kid who had trouble figuring things out and ultimately went the wrong way to try to figure things out. And um, so I think Kylo, I think the reason he latches on to Vader so much is because he was failed in his eyes by Luke. Mm. Mm. And I think he wanted to be Luke. He wanted to be the Jedi hero. He wanted to do that. Mm. But that, you know, in his mind, that didn't go well. That failed. And he can in his very simple concrete approach to how he looks at things, he could kill Luke. He could wipe that out. You know, he could take that away. He can't kill Vader. Vader's already dead. Mm. Vader is this idea in his head that he cannot get rid of. Yeah. And so I think in his limited understanding of things, he sort of latches onto that because he can't kill it. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. And um, Mm. so that's, I think that's kind of how he's being seduced by the light is because he feels like the light is something he could control if he had to. He could snuff it out, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Can't mm-hmm. snuff Vader out. Vader's in his head. There's no way to do that. Um, as far as Vader showing him things, I'm not sure I know exactly what you're referring to. Was there something in the movie where... Yeah, there's a again? there's a scene, yeah. yeah, where he's, like, talking to his Darth Vader uh, yeah. teenage girl shrine. And he's he like, show me again. Show something. Yeah, yeah. He, he asked him to show him. Okay. Yeah, show me again, you know. Okay. So, yeah, he refers to being shown something, but we don't actually see him getting shown. That's correct, yeah. Something. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I hope I hope there's more to learn, too. Yeah. Why he's so connected to that. and Oh, I think there's a lot more to learn. I For one thing, they better show us some Knights of Ren. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one thing that everybody's talking about. It's like, where do they factor in yeah, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. So, it's... That's part of why he's such a great character because yeah. there's yeah. so much there. Yeah, <laughs> there's, so there's enough for they give us enough to understand him a little bit, but there's still so much more. So, yeah. so I, I'm probably going to repeat some of the things that you guys have already said, but just because in my mind I have to go through this process to get to, to, get to where I want to <laughs> be. Um, I think that what Darth Vader started, because if you go back, I think the the two best examples of why Darth Vader is who Darth Vader is or why why Anakin became Darth Vader are basically seen through his mother's death and his upbringing as a slave. Um, the, the final one being his perceived betrayal by Obi-Wan, which is more of a Revenge of the Sith novel thing than it is uh, a Revenge of the Sith movie thing. 
That um, book is so good, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> I know. And I still haven't finished it. I'm still waiting uh, for you guys to do explain this book to me so I don't have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Network 1901 does a series called Explain This Book to Me, which, by the way, if you want to watch, uh, if you want to listen to their Ready Player One series uh, before it comes out, obviously spoilers for the movie, but I listened to it. And I thought it was great. So great job on that. Book's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, Vader, I think, he had these things in his life that he couldn't control whether or not he was a slave. Um, other people weren't even able to control that for him. Qui-Gon Jinn shows up and does nothing about it. Um, he can't control his mother's death because the Jedi have told him you're not allowed to have attachments. So you're not allowed to go back and see your mother. Even though he was so powerful, he could go back. I think we made a joke in the, in the series we were doing where just show up at Watto's place, chop off the dude's wings and be like, you can't enslave people anymore. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, take, take no his prequels. mom back. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and then, so then when his his mother, when his mother dies and then eventually when, oh, the, the last thing is he wants to control Padme about whether or not Padme will die. Um, and so he's very scared of emotional discomfort that comes from living life. Like these things happen in life. He's very scared. He wants control over those things. So to me, that's a pretty clear arc for what Vader started. He started something that was an organization that existed to control. So that if you had sand people, it was like, we're going to just take the sand people out, right? We're going to create structures that do not allow for these types of things. Now, ironically, we do know from other source material that the Empire created its own versions of slavery and those kind mm-hmm. of deals, right? So it's he didn't exactly create the thing that he wanted to. But I think that's what he, he intended to do. Um, he wanted to standardize everything. He the Empire the Empire to me does not respect individuality. It respects falling in line. Um, and then by that definition, it's not about freedom. You're not allowed to have the freedom you want. Like it's about conformity. So mm-hmm. you are going to conform. Um, so I think that that is what Vader was trying to do based on his fear of what non-conforming people did. And he wanted people to, co- people to conform to whatever he wanted. Um, as far as sed- being seduced towards the light, so I think so. Just to just to put a bow on that last point, I think Kylo is now saying, "Yeah, I now see how the rebellion deals with things. I now see how the Jedi deal with things, and now I kind of agree with Luke, or I kind of agree with Anakin. Like mm. it is not right. There's somebody has to stand up to the to what's being done here. Um, and then I think that it makes sense to be seduced by the light because I think that um. Doing evil, doing bad things has a toll to it. Not a toll from like, yeah, we've defined societal structures that like, okay, we'll put you in jail if you do something bad. I don't mean that. I mean, I think it has a toll on us emotionally um, that has a lot of shame and guilt and then uh, cycles of shame and guilt. And it's just this com- this this very much this deconstructing of who who we would like to be. And so I think that to be seduced by the light means to be seduced by our own conscience in terms of um, really knowing that we're hurting other people, knowing that we should have compassion, knowing that we could be safe. And Kylo's kind of saying like, you know, I could go back and try to be safe. But then when he looks back at his former life, he goes, but that's not safe either. So I'm just going to just dive further into the light. So the conflict he has with Han, I think is saying basically like, I don't want to do these things, but at the same time, I know what it's like not to do these things and that hurt me too. And so it's kind of like I'm seduced by the promise of what the light could hold, but the light doesn't hold that for me. I haven't seen that in my own life. 
and then that's why he's sort of seduced by it but then doesn't ultimately turn there um so I like that of, a lot. Yeah, kind of my mm-hmm. answer for that one. And then the last one, um, I think that this is fantastic. I really hope that we see some nuance of Vader actually working with Ky- So we've talked about Last Jedi a little bit. There is a scene in The Last Jedi where Yoda appears to Luke. I would love to see a scene where Force Ghost Anakin appears oh, to Kylo Ren. Oh. That would be our first <laughs> evil Force Ghost, wouldn't it? It, well, yeah. Well, it, it, it would w- depend, though, because w- would he technically be evil since he he died like quote unquote yeah. redeemed? Yeah, exactly. So maybe he's not evil, but maybe he's showing Kylo some other version of why Luke turned evil. And then when Kylo sees that, he's like, "Oh, then I've got to go." So maybe Anakin didn't even intend to set to set Kylo down the dark side path. Maybe he was just trying to warn him of Luke's own flirtations with the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, with his own fear or something like that. I don't know. I don't know, but I want to see that. That would be so cool. Yeah, I yeah. want some. I want some explanation of this darkness in Kylo. Yeah, because obviously his his circumstance is messed up. But yeah, right in the Last Jedi, we see that Luke sees darkness in him. So I want to know where that comes from. Yeah. Well, and I, and I yeah. think that like. From day one, you know, Snoke has been in his head and, like, infecting him. Like, Leia knows, like, the whole time. Like, it's Snoke. It's Snoke. Like, she sends him to Luke to make it better because, like, Han thought that he just had too much Vader in him. He didn't believe in him. And then we see Luke make this decision that this boy is beyond saving and he was just going to kill him. And it's just, like, it just, like, tears me apart. It's, like, it's insane and I, I do think that I, I, I agree with you that I think the light has let Kylo down. And so he's trying to do things this way and it's still taking such a toll on him. Like he just doesn't know how to make things right again. And I think Anakin struggled with that too. So maybe if Anakin is like, you know, also appearing to him, maybe that has to do with it as well. Like he still doesn't know how to like make things better he still doesn't know what the right path is and it's just making kylo just even more conflicted yeah and and something you said shannon actually just made me realize something that i had not really realized before and that's that han leia luke is the only one that takes responsibility for what happened to kylo yes because Mm -hmm. han and leia are like because han is kind of like Han is kind of like, yeah, well, you know, like it wasn't really a good day. Bad so I guess jeans. He, I guess he kind of, yeah, I guess he kind of <laughs> takes some responsibility, but not much. And Leia's kind of like, no, it was Snoke, you know, and, like, mm. and it was like, well, no, actually, it was probably your parenting, like, like, yes, I, I, you know, thank like, you. <laughs> like, I don't know. And as we know, if you're the offspring of a character played by Harrison Ford. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. screwed. <laughs> you are so screwed. You're so screwed, yeah. man. Really, well, as, as soon as you're cast in that role, you're like, well, okay, I know what's yeah, happening here. It's not good. Yeah. You do yeah. not want Harrison Ford to be and, your movie dad. Yeah. And like, it, it, I, I've seen things like people like to get onto Raylo fans for saying that like Han and Leia are bad parents. It's not necessarily that they're bad parents, but they just, they don't ever take any responsibility for him. It's, oh, there's too much Vader in him. Oh, it's Snoke. They send him away to Luke. And yes, Luke does fail him, but Luke owns up to it. Luke owns up to the fact that he created Kylo Ren and like he can't fix it. He can't make it better, but he does at least take some sort of responsibility for that and that it's pretty insane. Exactly. Exactly. I respect that too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all right, question number. Uh, well, it doesn't really matter what the question numbers are because we're whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the Force Awakens has a lot to say about belonging and being a part of something uh, greater than yourself. It also shows um, how that feeling can lead us to either good or evil choices. So, question for you guys. We'll start with Daryl on this one first. What do you think it is about loneliness and belonging that have such a powerful impact on us? Um, I think it's an inherent need for community that exists within us, which like we talked about before, that's something you see in the resistance and in the rebellion and on the light side. You see community. You see the situation where people are allowing themselves to be informed by other people. You see the existence of trust and we'll go ahead and say legacy because that's my favorite thing. <laughs> but, but, you know, we are we are informed and shaped by the people around us hmm. for better or for worse. But I think if you're not informed or shaped by anybody, if loneliness is really the only thing you have to fall back on. So you're you're making all of your decisions in a vacuum. You're you're doing everything based on what you think might benefit you or be best for you Mm. all the while feeling disconnected and feeling alone and feeling kind of left out. It's just, I don't think it's the way it's supposed to be. Mm. I think we need each other. Yeah. You know? And if you're trapped in loneliness, you're going to make some bad decisions because it's, it's that vacuum, you know, you just, you're not experiencing relationship. You're not experiencing what it's like to trust somebody, what it's like to be trusted by somebody hmm. and just to learn from each other. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Shannon? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I would say that, you know, it has such a powerful impact on us because it, it's something that we all feel at some point. Like at some point we all struggle with what is my place in all of this? Where do I belong? Like we feel like get to these points in our lives where we feel like we're completely alone and there's just nobody around that understands us. And I mean, I I struggle with that all the time. And I I find that books and media help with that because you can, it's not the same as making connections with real people, but it it helps you to be able to make those connections. And it's good for when you don't have those people around you. But I, I love that what we see in this, especially in The Force Awakens, we're seeing all these characters that are asking themselves this. Like every single character, I think, is trying to find out where they fit and where they belong. And then, you know, Last Jedi takes it even farther, say, showing that intense loneliness and showing these characters come together because of this understanding that they have for each other. They make that connection and that puts you on the road to being in a better place. So I think it's just something that we all go through so we can all, you know, it resonates with everyone. Absolutely. Um, so I'm in 100% agreement with both of you. I am going to take it down a slightly different um, path to start with because I'm going to rant about the Jedi. <laughs> and the worst part of Jedi lore to me, and I think they're probably going to ch- address this. I think that they're on their way to addressing this personally, but we'll see. Um, worst part of Jedi lo- lore no question is it is the insistence that jedi not have attachments yeah that's the stupidest thing i could ever think of like 
um, the way that they address that and and the the problems that it presents to all of the Jedi of the Jedi Order of the prequel era is just completely ridiculous, and it, <laughs> and it eventually ends up. It creates Darth them. Vader. <laughs> it creates Darth Vader from well, yeah, exactly. It creates Darth yeah. Vader and ends up destroying the Jedi Order from the ground up. So it doesn't make any sense. Um, I do think that being alone for a for limited time for a limited time going out and being alone is a good thing. For example, meditation um, is a very good thing. I think that that's a positive. But a lack of intimacy is just not good. And, and being you, alone is not necessarily loneliness. Exactly. Right. Loneliness yeah. is suffering from being alone. Yeah, you can be alone true. without being lonely for sure. Yep, exactly. Um, and so because lack of intimacy is not good, I think that, that w- that's what makes the treatment of Rey, especially as she relates to Finn and Kylo and Han, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Because she starts to latch on to these people. She starts to latch on to the good people and the bad people. Why? Because she can see what it's like to be lonely. Why does yeah. she latch on to Kylo Ren? Because she knows what it's like. She, she knows what she's that's so, like. She's so empathetic. Like, she can just, she she can relate to anybody, I think is what we're seeing. Like, light or dark. Yeah. And she she knows what it's like to be abandoned by her family. And Kylo has been abandoned by his family. I mean, they can make an argument that like, well, no, like, you know, like we didn't abandon him. We just, but that's kind of what happened. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what happened. Um, So I love that the film explores uh, this concept. And I think that there's going to be a systematic deconstruction of the idea that attachments are bad for the Jedi. I believe that that's a thing. I hope it's a thing. Um, I don't exactly know why we need community, um, but we do. Like, we just need community. I listened to a TED Talk. Um, that talked about the the most powerful bond in modern America. Do you guys do you guys have any idea what this is? This is really fascinating. If you guys no. could guess, what do you think the most powerful bond in in um, in modern day American society is? Friendship. Yeah, I was gonna say probably along the lines of friendship. I guess I'm I'm, I'm being really specific. I'll just I'll just tell you it's um <laughs> it's a battalion of soldiers in the military. Oh. Oh, I've I've heard about that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It, so uh, and this TED talk goes into why that is. It's actually a TED talk. If you guys want to listen to it, it's a TED talk about um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And one of the segments is about the need for community, the need for intimacy. Um, and also, you can watch the movie, the documentary Restrepo, because Restrepo is um, about a battalion of soldiers in Afghanistan. So literally, in the worst place you can possibly be experiencing some of the worst things you can possibly experience the guys come back and go i miss being there because of the community i had which is like a mind-blowing thing like none of us want to do that (laughs) you know like (laughs) you got you want to get shot at by afghan soldiers like no that sounds terrible i mean Um, i've never tried you know but i (laughs) (laughs) you know what it is though like there's this quote from this the season two of Stranger Things, you know, when we're we're talking about, you know, like Steve, we like Steve, <laughs> you know, but but like ultimately, um, Nancy and my God, I can't think of his John, name. Jonathan. So I can, yeah, yeah, Jonathan. I I, just, I started fantasizing about Steve's hair. Um, the reason <laughs> they're so good together is they've got that shared trauma, and I think that's what you see in like you know these war groups is like they're going through these like really intense things, and that makes them make deeper connections to people that are around them and i think that's why kylo is so torn up because he's going through all this stuff and he is completely alone until he meets ray 
and the and the word you just used is the is the next word I have in my ranting paragraph because it, it's that connectedness, <laughs> right? Like, I believe that this is an incredibly spiritual and cultural point: is that everything is connected, and that's what the force tells us. It's what the Bible tells us. There are other spiritual perspectives on this that say that same thing as well: is that everything is connected. Um, and if we believe that, then that has very serious implications for how we live our lives and define what's important to us. Because I think that if we see that everything is connected, we immediately are now on the, we're on the hook for making sure that we treat everything as if it's connected, as opposed to treating it like, well, I'll get what I need and then we'll just let everyone else kind of deal with it. And as I say that, I know I'm guilty of not doing that very well in a lot of circumstances. But it is, I believe, what we are supposed to do. Um, so if we don't have access to that connectedness, then I think that we're driven to a very, very dark place, just like we see and as we feel through Ray and Kylo. And I think that that's just a masterful way of putting that all together. And I really hope that it leads to an attachment um, reversal for whatever new <laughs> Jedi order is established. Yeah. So, um, for sure, one hundred percent, man. Thanks for letting me rant. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, my next question. This is a little easier question. I throw in. I try to throw in some easier questions now and again. Um, do you think Kylo is more frightening with the mask on or with it off, and why? What do you think, Shannon? So I said on, and this comes back to like what I said before about how I have kind of separated Kylo Ren and Ben Solo in my mind. Um, and it was I was actually reading something on Tumblr, and it had to do with this is the last shot again. It had to do with like the hand touching scene and like how he removes his glove for that. So when he's completely covered up, he just looks. He's almost like Darth Vader. You cannot see anything of the man. He could practically be a machine under all of that. That's terrifying because it makes you think that there is no one that you can reach underneath it and like the first time he takes off that mask it's like oh like you're an actual person and like suddenly you're seeing all of this complexity and like this hope for redemption and i've always seen it as his story is like a reverse of anakin's like in the prequels we see anakin become a machine we see him not being Anakin Skywalker anymore and I feel like at the beginning of this movie it's terrifying like this is Kylo Ren he is like super evil like he's gonna take you down like had your kids had your wives but then he takes off that mask and he's slowly becoming Ben Solo again because like by the end of The Last Jedi we're calling him Ben like he's it, it has become separated because he is slowly starting to become human again mm, that's good what do you think Joe I think um, maybe I'll get into semantics of terminology a little bit here. <laughs> frightening, visually frightening. Yeah, he's he's more frightening with the mask on, but I think he's more dangerous with the mask off. Mm. And it's because with the mask on, he is just this imposing figure. He's this visually frightening, like Shannon said, you don't know what's going on behind the mask. You can't see his eyes and stuff like that. It's mystery, it's intimidating, it's scary. But when he takes that mask off and you see the person, and as we come to understand, he's more and more complex. Right. He is, he's a loose cannon. <laughs> you don't know, <laughs> he doesn't understand himself. So he doesn't even know what he's going to do, let alone do you know what he's going to do. And yeah, it does seem like overall he's on this journey back towards Ben Solo. And I hope that's where he ends up. Mm -hmm. But it's not, 
it's not a straight shot to get there. Right. You know what I mean? Like it seems like he's drifting more towards the light, but then he'll snap back and he'll do something to betray you. And it'll be, I mean, it's just, it's almost like he's more dangerous with the mask off because you see the eyes and you think, okay, there's something there I can trust, Mm. but maybe there's not, maybe he's just (laughs) messing with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. I, uh, I don't have anything really more to add to it. I, I said mask on, um, but I think your argument actually is a really good one, Daryl, about why he's more almost more frightening with it off. Um, but I was kind of on Shannon's team with this one because <laughs> I, I I think it's such a cool mask too. Like, obviously, the, we've, we've talked about Last Jedi. We've spoiled several things, but one of the things <laughs> is he like crushes that helmet. And I'm like, dude, that helmet is cool. <laughs> it depends on the movie too. So when he takes the mask off in The Force Awakens, yeah, it's it's one of the only tiny little things that really bugs me about the movie. Oh, really? Because he's had that mask on for who knows how long. Yeah. At least that day. Who knows how long he's had that mask <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. And he takes it off and he's like the cover of GQ. He's like, he's got <laughs> he this nice hair. dry hair. He's just like, look how yeah. handsome I am. Yeah. You know? At least in The Last Jedi, when he takes it off, he's sweaty. His hair is ratty. He's yeah. messed up. It's like, that's how it should look. Like, yeah. Yeah, you true. shouldn't take that off and look like you just stepped out of a salon. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Although I think that that's part of the character design is that, oh, like, yeah. look how look how much this guy wants to be different than he is. Like, it is, but it's know? such a movie trick to yeah. Yeah. show yeah. you know like the flash the tv show the flash yeah. they do it all the time they show barry wearing his cowl yeah and they show him reaching behind his head to take it off uh-huh. and then they cut away and show him with it in his hands and stuff like that and it's because they can't mechanically show you how he takes the mask off because right. it's this complicated movie costume and stuff like yeah. that and they do it with batman they do it with any of these costumes of where there's some sort of helmet like that it's like they can't show it to you, right. and so they don't properly kind of represent what it would look like if you took off this like nasty, stinky helmet that you've had on <laughs> all day. You know? Yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah, yeah. I Especially don't know. I if mean... you're carrying around a sword made of lasers that heats up everything <laughs> around it when you turn it on. You know? Yeah. I mean, I always, I always think of that scene where he he takes off his helmet. There, there's so many memes where it's just like. I mean that's that's the beginning of Raylo, like right there. Um, <laughs> have you but, seen the? There's a. Have you seen the bad lip reading of the Force Awakens? Oh no, I haven't. Oh, go find it. Oh man! Everybody listening to this, go to YouTube and find it because it makes fun of that scene between him and Ray <laughs> so beautifully. It's oh my god! So that's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, we are to our last question, um, and it is back to being a very deep one. So. We're just going to dive into that. We've talked about the Force like on every single Star Wars show that we've done thus far. Um, this new trilogy kicks off another round of discussing George Lucas's spiritual framework, of which makes up the Force. Um, why do you think the Force, and even bigger that, even bigger than the Force, um, spiritual conversations as a whole remain relevant in 2017? What do you think, Daryl? Well. I can answer this from two different perspectives, I guess. Okay. From the more universal perspective, we want there to be something bigger than us, Mm. you know, especially in the world of Star Wars, because it's a war. It's a constant galactic war. Right. 
there's no peace anywhere. And if there's nothing bigger than you that you're fighting for, that feels so pointless yeah. and so hopeless, you know? And no matter what your worldview, I think there's just a quest for meaning yeah. and spirituality helps bring some of that meaning in, you mm-hmm. know? Now, more from my, my own specific perspective as a Christ follower, spirituality is essential. Like, it's, I, I can't exist without it. I can't, right, right. I can't function without it. There's no point without it. You know what I mean? And so, and it's just, it's the most important thing. It's everything, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. but it's just this, in storytelling and I think just in life, it's just this this need for meaning, this need for there to be something bigger, the need for everything to make sense in some way, even if it's beyond my understanding, mm. something that I can put my hope in if my circumstances suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and just something larger than me because if my own experience and my own circumstances and my own context is all there is to life, that's not very encouraging. <laughs> you know, <laughs> This is true. This can be true. What do you think, Shannon? Yeah, I, I do agree with there is this like fundamental need to find meaning and to like make those connections. Um, me personally, I've always seen it as like, uh, it's still around today because I think there is this conversation of where does spirituality fit in a modern society because there is a lot of skepticism. There's a lot of things that have like come forth. There's like other things that you can believe in, like this, that, and the other thing. I, and I think with Star Wars, we see at the beginning of this movie, like they think that the Force again isn't real like it's just a myth and it it does give people hope it it gives them like something to hold on to and something to believe in when you know like you're just a scavenger that was abandoned on Jakku like it it gives you something to hold on to when you know that your parents aren't ever coming back for you and I and I really think in this film it's used to show the imbalance of the world like it's used to show it's like a visual representation of like the light the dark and the balance that's going on and you know that maybe the people need this thing to believe in they need to be able to believe that there is a like force greater than themselves in order to obtain that balance yeah and that's one of the things i think this movie does so beautifully is the spiritual angle because even in the name of the movie, there's a couple shots to the prequels mm. <laughs> that I think are appropriate. <laughs> yeah. One of which is not using an episode number because they didn't use episode numbers until Phantom Menace came along. Right, right. right. So I love going back to not doing that. But on the spiritual side of things, I love calling it The Force Awakens because mm. in the prequels, you have midichlorians and stuff like that. And I know we've talked about that Lucas was not necessarily trying to get at the force is purely biological. Right, right, right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. But it certainly made it feel that way. You know, it certainly yes. took it in that direction. A lot of people interpreted it that way. Yeah. yeah, it sort of undermined the spiritual nature of the force. Yes. Even if that wasn't his intent. Right. You know? Right. And so I feel like putting emphasis on saying the force awakens, like a reminder that the force is spiritual. The force is big. The force is hopeful. It's not just 
little bugs in your blood. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. I love, I That's, love is doing that. Is that the formal that. definition of midichlorians? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Little, little bugs, bugs in your in blood. Your blood. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, and I mean, I, I think it does give you something like, I always viewed the midichlorians as just like, you were more in tune with it or whatever, which I think maybe is where he was going with it. But I think, I think it gives people like, you may not be in tune with it. You may not be able to, like, utilize it like the Jedi can, but that doesn't mean that it's not there, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, look at Rogue One. Look at... Yeah. Churrit, is that his name? Churrit. Yeah, Churrit. Well, we, well, we were trying to figure out how to say it, because I think, <laughs> Shannon, you, you were saying on Rogue One podcast that it's Churrit, right? That's Chirrut? what I think, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's what uh, Hannibal said, too. I've always called him Churrit, but I'm like, I'm, yeah. I, you know how I pronounce well, it. Well, because it's got an <laughs> I in it, so that's why it's weird, but I feel like... Um, the way they say it in the movie, kind of, they're like putting a little bit of an emphasis on that E sound, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I have no clue. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how to say it. But he's a great picture of how the Force positively influences somebody who's not sensitive enough to wield it, per se. Exactly, you know? exactly. Um, I think you guys hit on hit on a lot of the things I was going to hit on as well, and, and I'll probably repeat some of the things that you guys have already said, so I apologize if I do that, but... Um, <laughs> You know, two of the strongest themes in Star Wars are hope and destiny. And you, kind of, you guys both have kind of talked about that a little bit. And I think when it comes to hope, like there's this constant question. And Daryl, you said this, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like there's a constant question of like, what should we be placing our hope in? Um, and, that, and, the, and the balance between hope and despair, depending on what you are placing your hope in. Balance. Yeah. Is really <laughs> crazy if you think about it. You know, like... Um, like I hope the rest of this podcast finishes recording, you know, like, I mean, that's like a small hope, but like, uh, um, but you know, that's not going to ruin my life if that doesn't happen. There are other things that could literally ruin my life if, if, you know, some, some of the things I hope in that, that don't turn out the way I want them to. So, and I think like at the beginning of this film, Ray's placing her hope in her parents coming back to rescue her. That's a false hope. Like there's no hope in that. Um, but in Star Wars tells us that is, it is important to hope. We hear it from Maz. We hear it from Laura Santeca, as we talked about a little bit, that the light side provides hope for the galaxy. There's something... Um, I'm not going to do my Yoda impression because I've done it on like every other Star Wars <laughs> Oh, <podcast>. come on. <laughs> no, I can't. I've actually already done this line, so I'm not going to do it. But um, when he talks about you know luminous beings are we, not this crude matter, like that's hopeful. If we're just the crude matter... It's not as hopeful. I mean, everyone can have their, their their perspective. I mean, somebody will come back and say, like, no, no, actually, I think that that's super hopeful that we will, you know, like, as, as they talk about in The Last Jedi, like, our bodies will decompose into ash and that will feed the soil or whatever it is, right? So I, I can see somebody saying that that's hopeful. It's not necessarily hopeful for me personally, but I can see someone else, you know, going there. Um, I think that the Force gives us some perspectives about what could lie beyond our current understanding of the world and i think that that's really cool mm-hmm. from the destiny side of life i think that we're all like you like you guys both said we're all looking for a purpose we're all looking for calling um we're wondering what the future holds and we're wondering how we might be able to make the world better um i know recently shannon you were you you graduated right did you graduate like no i'm actually going to be graduating in the spring oh spring yeah yeah, yeah. sorry yeah. but it's you coming up of, though <laughs> yeah it's coming up soon and you were and you were talking about how you you've kind of finally found like what you think you might be called to do for a career right yeah and um and i just thought that was so cool because like when you when you kind of start to discover some of those things not that they can't change but 
that's kind of what your destiny might be, right? Like that's what maybe you're <laughs> supposed to do, which I think is which is I think is super cool. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the Force provides for the people within Star Wars this idea that they can be a part of something bigger than themselves, and it's it is destiny that connects us all. Because if we're all connected, then we're all moving along the same. We're all moving in the same direction. Um, the last thing I'll say is that I think that George Lucas in this amalgamation of mythology really broadly defined the force so that it is applicable to so many people and it is recognizable to so many people. So, you know, I talk about all the time on the podcast, I'm a Christ follower and yet I can see where the force aligns with some of the things that I believe. Like I can see the alignment there. Um, and other people of other faiths or other people who have no faith can also see, you know, patterns where they think the force, yeah, I can see where the force kind of equates the same way. So that means the force has this sort of like ubiquitous application across all kinds of different cultures, across all kinds of different viewpoints. Um, and I think that for me personally, I really love that George Lucas was bold enough to take that and make spirituality a part of his film because so many films just sort of ignore that altogether but i don't i don't prefer those films i want these kinds of films that allow me to dig deeper into something to find the real meat in it um it's like it's purposefully vague so that everybody can find some kind of meaning in it because like if you make it defined then you're gonna lose people but since it's so vague you can assign your own meaning because like i'm i'm not religious at all and yet i i find something insanely hopeful about this idea of a force and like all that kind of stuff yeah exactly exactly it can be it can be it's so applicable and it allows us to have conversations wherein i think we can all get to a place where um i mean one of the things i love about the story geeks podcast is we're not like this like we're not a gotcha podcast right there's no like there's no you can you're allowed to have whatever opinion you have um and and we and we want to be res- totally respectful of that and we give everyone a chance to say kind of this is what my opinion this is what i'm thinking about right now and i think it's better if we have that discussion than if we close that discussion off even if it, we go so far as to have somebody on this podcast that i like disagree with about what is good and what i think they <laughs> they're doing is evil i think it's a mistake if we if we only just say no i will not deal with you anymore you know what i mean because at that point in time i thought for a second shannon was getting after me but i think she's getting after her her dog oh i'm sorry could you hear me i muted myself <laughs> you're like hey i know but we got we got the hey before the mute so oh awesome. no i'm sorry no 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 no. <laughs> no no it's better it's better it's a good i moment. keep muting myself because uh percy's getting into stuff but he won't leave the room <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i have gatsby so i know exactly what that's like um yeah, so I just think it's I think it's cool. I think we need to have discussions. We need to not close ourselves off to discussions. We need to have respectful discussions. And that's what, you know, that's what Daryl and I are trying to build with this podcast. And so we're really glad that you guys all listen in with this and, and come along the journey with us. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> that was it though for this podcast. Like that was all the questions that I that I came up with. Um Shannon, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, so you can find the network at Network1901. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. You can also just head over to Network1901.com. That's kind of like your one-stop shop for the podcast. It'll link you to like all of our 
everything. We've got t-shirts, all that kind of stuff. Um, me personally, I'm at McCarter Shannon. I use Instagram and Twitter mainly. Um, both of those things have, well, especially the Twitter have devolved into a lot of Raylo stuff. So if you don't ship Raylo, I am uh, hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I love fangirling, talking about stuff and I'm all, I'm always open to have conversations with you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you can find me at at Jay Shear. I don't think I, I don't think I normally say that, but you guess where you can find me. You can also find us at the Story Geeks, um, which I don't say very often. But we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on. We have a story. We have the Story Groups, the, the Story Groups, the Story <laughs> Geeks group on Facebook. So if you search for the Story Geeks, you can find us on Facebook as well. We have lots of discussions on Facebook. Daryl's not on Instagram or Twitter, uh, so you can't find him. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you can't him. find him. No. I'm, oh yeah. my gosh. I'm, I'm in all the Story Geek stuff. That's where you can find me. Yeah, he's in, <laughs> but he's in the he's in the Facebook group. He's very active in the Facebook group. Um, so yeah, you can check us out all there. Um, Want to say a special thank you to Shannon for joining us. Go check out. I mean, it's really special when you get the Star Wars expert <laughs> for real. From I mean, for real, right? Like, yeah. the yeah. real Star Wars expert. Yeah. That's me. It's your yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah. What we do is we like we'll we'll contact Ni- Network nineteen one and we'll say, can you guys send us like whoever the biggest expert is in a specific topic? Because we you know we we want to have the most knowledgeable person. We don't want to waste our time. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. No, not, not at all. We do not want to waste our time. And so. So what they tell what they tell us, especially Dale, he's usually the one that tells us. He's like, you know what? Talk to Shannon. You know, it's so funny though because I think the reason it bothers Dale so much is because I wasn't into Star Wars until I saw Force Awakens, and so I think part of him still has that like, you're not an original fan, but like he'll never admit that to himself. Yeah, and we're just totally trolling Dale because we're actually gonna have him on the show and we're gonna talk he's, about Star Wars. He's with been him. super bitter about not being on the show. I know, <laughs> so I have to troll him a little bit because it's funny. But anyway, no, we'll have you on the show, Dale. Uh, we love what yeah. you, we love your perspective on things too. That is it for today's podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe. And if you have an extra minute, write us a review or share this episode with one of your geek friends. All right, fellow geeks. As always, question everything in your favorite stories and always seek the truth. We'll catch you on the next podcast.